Today on Hardwired. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you please. And so you see all of God's created beings worship him and God's redeemed worship him. It is going to be a major worship time in heaven. It's happening right now. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, today we're going to be starting a brand new series I'm calling The Praise Zone. You know, the Bible has so much to say about the power of praise, our need to praise, that our God is worthy of praise and worthy of worship. And praise is a wonderful thing. It's how we enter his gates. As a matter of fact, the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. So today, as we begin this brand new series, we're going to be starting with thanksgiving, entering into his gates. So grab your Bible, something to write with, and let's really learn how to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enjoy God's presence 24-7. Let's go. Now, we are given three levels of expressing adoration to God. They are thanksgiving, praise, and worship. All right, now let me tell you the difference between those three, because they're distinct. They all have a meaning. Thanksgiving relates to God's deeds, what he has done. So you say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for providing for me. Thank you for your mercy. Whatever he does, Thanksgiving is when you thank him for specific acts that God has done on your behalf. That's Thanksgiving. Praise relates to God's character. We praise him for his excellent greatness. We praise him that he's the savior. We praise him that he's the holy God. We praise him that he is sovereign and providential. And praise addresses the characteristics of the character of God, who he is. Now, worship is the highest level. Worship relates directly to God's holiness. The Bible says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. When you read the book of Revelation, you find them worshiping in Revelation. They are always worshiping the holiness of God. So that is when we just really go into the highest level and focus on his holiness and we worship him for that. Now, I want to take the next few weeks and just talk about living in the praise zone. Now, let me give you a little bit of personal testimony about me. I wasn't raised in church, as many of you know. And I was raised in a secular home. I never heard John 3.16 until I was in juvenile home in a lot of trouble. Got put in juvenile home, and there I heard the gospel. And in juvenile home, I got saved, gave my heart to Christ. 
but I didn't know anything. I didn't know you ought to be in the Word. I didn't know you ought to be in church. Nobody followed up because they couldn't. So the Holy Ghost had to follow up on me. And he's a good follow-upper. Amen? Now, a couple of years after being in juvenile home, I was invited to a Bible study in East Dallas in a kind of a broken down two-story house. And when we walked into the house, I came in. I'd never been to a Bible study in my life. And when I walked in, I was not prepared for what I saw because here were a bunch of hippies like me, hair down here, part down the middle, wild rim glasses, blue jean bell bottoms. All of you that can relate, say amen. amen. <laughs> Golly. I have no pictures to show you. But I'm standing there and I'm watching and I don't know what to do with what I'm seeing because here's these peers of mine, just like me, but they all have their hands up and they're all looking like they're staring at the ceiling, but really like they were looking at something beyond the ceiling. And tears were running down the faces of many. And they were just singing simple songs. I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure it was, God is so good, he is Lord, and Kumbaya had to be in there. <laughs> and so they're, they're singing, and they're worshiping, and there was a presence in the room. Well, I watched this, and you know the Bible talks about how God can move us intentionally to jealousy when it comes to wanting what he has for us. And I prayed a dangerous prayer standing there. Now, I'm a wooden Indian standing there. Here's all these guys, even the guys, hands in the air. I, I didn't know what to do with it. But I'm standing there like a wooden Indian. I said, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, if I can have what they have, I'll give you my life. It was like God said, say it one more time. And I said, God, if I can have what they have, I will give my all to you. And at that moment, now you can call it what you want. You can call it baptism in the Holy Spirit, infilling of the Holy Spirit, anointing of the Holy Spirit, touch of the Holy Spirit. I don't care about the semantics. I only know what happened to me. God made himself real to me. And I'm standing there and all of a sudden, the power of God fell upon me. And it was like, wave after wave of incredible, incomprehensible love. And it just kept getting stronger and stronger until finally I broke away from the group, went out in the front yard, some front yard I'd never been in, in the depths of East Dallas. And in that front yard, just out there somewhere in East Dallas, God just really came upon my life. And I was just blown away. I remember thinking, how, can, how come everybody's not saved? This is what it's like because his presence was so very vividly real. And it kept increasing and kept increasing where I, I just felt like I was going to explode. And it was, as Paul said, the love of God being poured out on my heart by the Holy Ghost that's given to us. It, it just was amazing. Well, at that time, I lived in a little efficiency apartment in Plano, Texas, all by myself, just a little place, just one room, the kitchen and everything was one room. But that little efficiency apartment immediately became my personal sanctuary where I learned how to worship God. You gotta understand, no Christian background. I had never been exposed to worship until I went to that meeting. I didn't even know what it was like to sing a hymn to God. But here it was, 
and I saw this worship. Now, I got a guitar and I learned how to play guitar because I wanted to worship God. So I learned C, G, and F, and I've told you before, I probably alone was responsible for making heaven sick of kumbaya. I mean, I wore that thing out. It's all I knew. Kumbaya, he is Lord, God is so good. And I played it and played it and sitting in my efficiency apartment, I learned how to worship God. And it just became for me a pipeline to God. Learning to worship God became the door through which I experienced his call to preach. I wasn't seeking him about preaching. I was just coming to him to worship him. But as I worshiped him, he began to communicate with me. That's because the Bible says he inhabits, he dwells in, he lives in the praises of his people. That's where God is. And so he began to communicate with me. And it was as I worshiped him that my heart began to experience this burning to preach the word of God. I was seeking the giver, not the gift. And I was enjoying the giver, never dreaming he would lay his hand on me to preach, ever. At stage fright, I wasn't the type to stand up in front of people and look at me now. God did this to me. Okay. <laughs> Worship opened the floodgates of the Holy Spirit's presence in my life. Worship transform my Christian experience, worship. You know, a lot of people know all about singing about God, but they don't know a whole lot about singing to God. You can sing about him, or you can learn to direct your faith right up to him and sing to him. And this is what began to happen to me. And so I gotta tell you, my life changed through worshiping, learning how to worship God. So that's why I'm going to talk to you about living in the praise zone. Now you say, well, what do you mean by zone? Well, we've heard athletes say after a great game, man, I was, I was really in the zone. You know, a football player will be interviewed after a, a game where they really won. And they say, how'd you do it? Man, I was really in the zone. What do they mean by that? Being in the zone means increased focus and attention, which allow for higher levels of performance. So when a football player, for instance, says, I was really in the zone, he means my abilities, my capacities, my giftings to play football were at 110% peak capacity. I was thinking, I was reacting, I was responding. I wasn't distracted. I didn't lose my focus. I was totally and completely in the zone. So as it relates to praise, being in the zone means increased focus and attention on praising God, which produces higher levels of power and victory for the believer. See, we ought to leave church saying, man, today I was in the praise zone. My whole attention was on God. My focus was on him. And I was at peak capacity in my worship of him. Would you believe me if I told you he wants us to be in the praise zone, not just on Sundays or Saturday nights, but on Monday through Friday. He wants us in the zone. He wants us to learn to praise him. This is only where we learn. Then you go and do it all week long. He wants us in the zone. It'll change your life. You know, the Bible says that God is only seeking for two things. I want you to think, mighty God is on the hunt for two things. 
Jesus said, I came to seek and to save what was lost. That's people. And then Jesus said, God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Well, you know what I want? I want God to be able to say, well, I've scanned the whole earth and I have found some places that praise me and Turning Point is one of them. A turning Point praises me. Turning Point is in the praise zone. Turning Point is a worshiping church. Listen, a worshiping church is an alive church. A worshiping church is a victorious church. The devil fears a worshiping church. And I would love to give the devil a coronary in hell. Amen. God has called his church to be a praising people. We are hardwired to worship and praise. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear. And that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in. Or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Let's go to a rock concert and watch all those people worship that band. Because there's something in us that just wants to adore and lift up and magnify and worship something greater than ourselves. And there's all kinds of counterfeits, but Jehovah God and his son, Jesus Christ, are the ones worthy of our worship. Did you know that in heaven, there is round the clock in heaven, unending praise. Matter of fact, I got news for you. If you don't like worship and praise, you are really gonna be uncomfortable in heaven because it is all that goes on in heaven. I, listen, you might as well just get involved down here because once you're up there, you are going to be in a major, long-standing worship time. Let me read it to you. You know, John the Revelator was taken into glory. He saw things that many have never seen. The curtain is pulled back for us in the book of Revelation allowing us a glimpse into the reality and the wonders and the glory of the place called heaven. And listen to what John saw in Revelations 4, verse 6. He starts, In the center and around the throne were four living beings, and day after day and night after night they keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come. And then it goes on to say, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders that are there fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you please. And so you see all of God's created beings worship him and God's redeemed worship him. It is going to be a major worship time in heaven. It's happening right now. Now, I wanna make it a little more personal and I wanna read to you 
another worship session that John saw that all of us who know the Lord are gonna be involved in. I'm about to read about a worship session that is coming your way. Are you ready? He says, after this, I saw a vast crowd. Now he describes who it is. Too great to count from every nation and every tribe and every people and every language. And that includes Texas. <laughs> Stand, look what they're doing. Standing in front of the throne and standing in front of the Lamb of God with nail pierced hands and feet. And it says, this multitude that nobody could even count were clothed in white robes, which means the righteousness given to us by Christ. And they held palm branches in their hands and they were listening to what they were doing, shouting with a great roar like Niagara Falls. And what were they shouting? Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and they worshiped God and they sang. This is the angels now. Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. So worship, praise, thanksgiving. So in heaven, worship is paramount. It's front burner, it's unending, and it's unparalleled. So don't you think we need to warm up here? Because we're all gonna be worshiping in glory, amen? Now I want you to do something, picture with me a ladder. Here's a ladder, and there's three steps on this ladder. The first step at the very bottom is thanksgiving. The second step is praise. The third step is worship. And at the top of the ladder is the glory and the power and the presence of God. The Bible presents an ascending order in our expression of affection to God. Listen to the way the psalmist put it again. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, and then we go on into the courts with praise. And worship is presented in scripture as the highest form of adoration to God. So here's the three steps of the ladder, thanksgiving, praise, worship, and it leads right into the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to practice the presence of God. I want him with me all day, every day. I want to be aware of his presence. The Bible says he lives in and dwells in and abides in the praises of his people. So first, let's take that lower step, the first step, and talk about living in the Thanksgiving zone. We talked about Thanksgiving before we have Thanksgiving. The Hebrew word most commonly translated as thanks in the Old Testament is related to the word for hand. So this gives the picture of stretching out or lifting up hands to God. See, it's not just something that Pentecostals do, but it is something that the redeemed do who understand. You say, well, do I have to lift my hands? You don't have to, you get to. Because watch this. The Bible says, lift your, one of the, when you lift your hands to God, it is a sign of surrender. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of reverence. So here's what I want us to do. Can you lift your hands up? 
Can you just lift your hands towards the Lord with me and say this with me? Here's the Psalms, Psalm 63, four. Since our hands are, are lifted, read this with me or, or repeat this with me. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Now, Psalms 134, verse two, let's read further. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Oh, y'all look so pretty. I wish you could see what I see. Now, let's read 1 Timothy 2, 8. He says, I desire then that in every place men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Amen. Then it says, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. Oh, they're getting a little wild in here for me. Hey, heaven's going to make this, put this in the shade. Now, you notice he honed in on the men. He said, I desire everywhere that men will lift up their holy hands. Why didn't he say, put the women in there with it? Because women do it so easily. But men, it takes a year to get a guy going half-mast. Because <laughs> we think, well, that's just a woman thing to do to raise your hands. Let me tell you something. David was a man's man. Real men worship God. They do. <laughs> These guys are God's frozen chosen. They sit there while the music is playing. They don't sing. They don't move. They are like wooden Indians. Loosen up, guys. God has hardwired you to worship God. Amen? Now, what is Thanksgiving? What does it mean? It's very simple. Thanksgiving is the grateful acknowledgement of benefits received. It's that simple. Now, you know I like to cycle. Last week I was cycling and I had a flat. It was the back tire. That's the worst of all, because then you got to undo the chain and all that stuff. So I was real close to the store where I got my bike anyway. So I just took the bike and asked them to give me a new inner tube. Now, they kid me in this store all the time because for the most part, I don't sense Christianity much in there. So when I come walking in, they call me Father. <laughs> oh, here comes Father. How's the bike ride today, Father Jeff? And I've just gotten to going, oh, it was great, son. God bless you. I've decided I'm gonna do something. One of these days, I'm gonna put a collar on and I'm gonna put on this one of these long black robes and I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna go up to the main guy that does this all the time and I'm gonna say, I had a dream about you last night, son. <laughs> so they gave me the father a bit, but they went back there, put the tube in and brought it out and, and I said, okay, how, what do I owe you? They said, it's on us, father. <laughs> and... Do you think that I just said, huh, well, that's what you should have done and walked out? No, I said, thank you. That's Thanksgiving. God does things for us all week, all day, every day. It's so easy to pick something God has done and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for answering that prayer. The Bible teaches when we should thank God. We should give God thanks before a blessing even comes. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, which is petition, and supplication, which is asking for mercy, with thanksgiving, 
let your request be made known to God. Well, why the thanksgiving? Because you're thanking him that what you prayed for is on the way. So you're thanking him before it even arrives, you're offering thanksgiving. And we should give thanks during the blessing, while it's happening. Acknowledge the God that brought it to you. Thank you, Lord. Here's the answer, thank you that you brought it my way. And you know what? We ought to thank him after the blessing. Jesus healed 10 lepers who had terminal disease, terminal disease, 10 of them were healed. One came back and said, thank you. Jesus marveled at that. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.